Hey guys, good morning. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? Good? Doing well. So good. Great. Good, good. Yeah, that was a good service, Ben. Um, and ben uh, for those of you. Yeah, Ben shaved his face. His hair is perfect, just like normal. <laughs> you changed your shirt so quickly, Ben. Amazing, <laughs> isn't it? So uh, this is the first time we've done this live uh, for Sunday morning after the service. Um, so for those of you who are new to this, uh, welcome to Coffee with the Pastors. We're trying, um, this is a time for us to kind of answer questions related to the sermon, but also if there are no questions to talk about the sermon and our thoughts and also thoughts from the past week. So, um, um, Ben, you know, you preached the sermon, uh, you'd like to give kind of a, a quick summary overview, like the, the one minute, 30 second overview of, of what you people just watched, or maybe they're just tuning in now and missed it. Yeah. The, um, I, we looked at the book of Hosea and Hosea's word to the people of, of God in the eighth century BC and um, basically, God speaking through the prophet Hosea to his people was saying, look, um, you've, wandered, you've walked away from me, and um, I'm, I'm going to bring trouble upon you. I'm going to lure you out into the, allure you into the wilderness to, um, to isolate you, essentially. He says in, in Hosea 2, um, 14, he's going to bring her into the wilderness talking about Israel. And then he says in, in verse 15, and there I will give her vineyards and make the valley of Achor, which the word Achor means trouble, the valley of trouble, a door of hope. Hmm. And so um, just the, the, the message is that I believe God, what he's saying to the world right now through this whole pandemic is he's trying to get our attention. He's trying to get the attention of the world and say, there's a day coming, there's a day that is fixed, Acts 17.30, a day that is fixed where God will judge the world in righteousness, and it will be righteousness as, as he has defined it, not us, mm -hmm. yeah. and he will judge the world through his son, Jesus Christ, but before that day comes, he wants to offer the world the opportunity to repent, turn from mm -hmm. their sins, and put their faith in Jesus Christ, who died for them so that their sins can be forgiven and so that they can stand before him on that day of judgment, innocent. Hmm. And so I believe this whole, um, this whole pandemic and any other earthly trial that we go through is, uh, is meant to be a wake up call, a merciful wake up call before that day, before it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great, Ben. Thanks for that summary. Um, so, you know, you, you get, did, did a great sermon just kind of calling us to that, calling people to repentance, whether they call themselves Christians or not, whether they've been following Jesus or not for a long time. Um, but I can, I, can, I can hear the, the Christian and the, the non-Christian um, going, Ben, that's such, a, that's such a old, archaic message. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's not the the happiness, um, you know, feel good message we should be hearing this morning. I mean, why can't you just encourage us? Um, on, why can't you just like make us laugh this morning? Um, <laughs> yeah, man. You no, know, yeah, man. Like, like, why can't, why can't you do that? So, 
you know, what do you what do you guys think? Like, you know, I'd love to hear from Coach or Aaron as well. Like, what do you guys think about you from the from the person that's saying that that's saying that's such an old message. I'm gonna I'm gonna tune out and just go to the, you know, it's what you're preaching is exactly what I thought. It's like this, you know, con condemning message. Um, what, what do you, what's the response to that? Like, and what are your thoughts on that kind of um, question or if people are thinking that right now? You know, honestly, um, I imagine a, a lot of people are thinking that. And, um, and, and it, what, what I would say to that is, the loving thing for us to do is to share what's true hmm. with people because um, yeah, we could just stick to only encouraging messages. And I actually think this is a very encouraging message. If you have ears to hear it, hmm. um, if you have ears to hear what's being offered to you, it's, it's a door of hope. Jesus Christ is offering us a door of hope so that we don't have to be judged right with the world um but we've got to know and people need to know that there is a day of judgment coming and um if we don't share that with the world then frankly we're no better than the teachers of hosea's day um you know where hosea where the lord says to his people through hosea that he says there is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. This is Hosea four. Um, and then he says, um, he's speaking to the teachers. He says, um, let no one contend and let none accuse for with you is my contention. O priest for you, you shall stumble by day. The prophet also shall stumble with you by night, and I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me. Um, and so he's basically saying, look, the reason that, that my people don't. Oh, did we lose Michael? Yeah, we did. We lost Michael. It happens every now and then. Michael is up and gone. I'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> yeah, basically, he's, he's saying, you know, there he is. Hey, we got your back, Michael. You're back. Um, he's basically saying, you know, my people don't know the truth because my teachers, the teachers, the priests were the teachers back in in this day. They they're not telling my people the truth, and. Um, and so I don't know. I guess that's that's my thoughts on it initially. What do you guys think? Yeah, you know, I I'm thinking of um, of like the Apostle Paul, how he he was talking about. He said at different times that he's bound to his ministry. He's bound to do what he has to do to share the message. He has to share, uh, like he's the bonds of Christ. You know, it's um, but you know, it's it's not like he. It's just this duty, but, um, but anyways, and, and so this, he, I think what we have right now is a stewardship, right? We have a stewardship of the truth, a stewardship mm -hmm. of the message of the gospel. We have a stewardship to, of the message of God's wrath and judgment coming against sin and, and the grace that he's offering for all humanity. 
Um, and, you know, Paul, I, I'm thinking, I, I was looking through my devotions. Uh, I'm in First Corinthians, and I was just struck by kind of a similar thing that you, with this question, where Paul, he was um, speaking to sin that was in the church of Corinth. And he was telling them, hey, you know, a natural person who doesn't have the Holy Spirit can't discern the things of the Spirit. And I wish I could talk to you guys as if you're spiritual people who can discern spiritual things mm. and who can realize that this is truth that we're talking about, you know, and, and discern what's sin and what's not pleasing to God, what's pleasing to God. Mm. But I can't talk to you like you're spiritual people. You're carnal people. You're infants in Christ. Mm. And, he, and he said to them, you know, later, uh, so that's 1 Corinthians 4, I believe, if I'm remembering right. And then I think it's, it's the next chapter that he says, um, basically, you know, I'm a steward. I'm a servant of Christ. I'm a steward of the mysteries of God. And uh, what's important for a servant or for a steward is to be found faithful by his master. And I don't care if you guys judge me for, <laughs> for what you think I'm doing right or wrong in my ministry. Because you're not spiritual people, first of all. You can't even discern whether or not I'm actually being a faithful steward of this message. Uh, but um, also... Uh, you know, if they were spiritual people, maybe he would have cared, right? But he said, I don't even judge myself. I, I'm, God is my judge of whether I'm a faithful steward of this message, of this grace, and of the truth. And he's like, and I don't think I, I don't have anything against me. I, I, I think I'm doing a good job of it. But, uh, but it doesn't matter what I think. It's God that, that matters, right? His judgment. <laughs> and so I think, you know, um, I, I think that... I think you gotta, we gotta kind of discern, right? As pastors, like, okay, what's the message, or what's people's reaction that are coming from a natural person, and what's coming from a spiritual person, right? You know, if, if somebody who's spiritual gives us a, um, says like, hey, that message you said well, didn't seem very spiritual, it didn't seem to line up with God's word. Okay, yeah, that's actually a just, uh, you know, criticism. But if it's saying like. Um, hey, you shouldn't be talking about this sexual immorality or, or what scripture actually, you know, <laughs> we know what to be saying. Um, well, we kind of kind of are bound to speak that truth. Uh, we're, we're, we're bound to speak the message of Christ. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, thoughts? I, yeah, my, I was just thinking of a couple of different things, but just to tie it in with what some of us who uh, or some of those who may be listening um, have been we've been going through acts in our, our community group um, our online huddle group but um, you know over and over in acts the one thing that has just struck me is that as the gospel is preached um, over and over and over you see people who um, who side with the apostles or side with Peter they, they side with them or they don't and those who don't are usually um, very hostile towards the Christians. Like even if we, we just were in 14 this past week and um, in 14 verse 4, but the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. Um, there's going to be a divide. Hopefully there is a divide between those who um, are <laughs> hearing truth, following truth, going after truth, and those who are not. Hopefully there is a very clear um, line there and you know we as teachers and just as christians i think we need to not back down as they did in acts they never that is like mm -hmm. paul got stoned and drug out of the city and he went right back in you know boldly proclaiming the gospel 
Um, but I think, you know, as far as like this being a barbaic message, to, I mean, to that thought, I, I think, you know, you go back, you look at things that Jesus would say, like, take up your cross daily, deny yourself, lose your life for my sake. You know, the, people probably like, what? That, that's, that's crazy. Why would I, that, that sounds, um, that doesn't sound exciting or joyful or happy, but that's the, that's the very door into joy. That's the very door that opens up into hope, you know, like understanding the weight of my own sin. If I don't get there, um, there's absolute like hope, hope and joy mean nothing at that point. If I can't understand my own, the weightiness of my own sin. So, yeah. And I think, I think there's a big um, picture here in Hosea of just covenant and, and God's people breaking covenant. There's really strong language of, of a bride and, a bride being unfaithful, um, you know, and us being unfaithful to the Lord. Um, and it just, you know, us taking this message like, man, where, where in my own life, what, what have I built up as idols or whatever it may be that, that tempts me to run to another lover, if you will. You yeah. Know? Hmm. I, there was something you said in the message, Ben, that, that made me think about, I think it was in Hosea. Um, it was talking about God. God was saying these things I've given you, you're offering now to Baal. Um, and it's just like, man, like what if my, what if Rebecca gave me a, a gift for like our anniversary, a 10 year anniversary. And, and I turn around and give it to some other girl, you know, that it's just like, what, right. you know, but that's what we're, that's what we're doing. You, you right. don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you, what about um those that are asking uh hey why did why would God want me to lose my job or lose a th- half or a third of my savings that are in the stock market or retirement money or why would God want me to get the coronavirus and have to deal with it when I'm I'm at the hospital and I'm serving the sick or I'm a fireman or policeman. I'm on the front lines or I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a leader. And, uh, why, why would God want to destroy my company? Right. For the, so the, for the Christian listening or the non-Christian who is really challenged right now with, with what's going on, like why, how do you answer, how would you answer that question? How would you answer that to them? Like, why would God want this bad thing to happen to me? Yeah. Um, I, I love the the article that I sent you guys this morning from John Piper, where um, he said, God not only comprehends the coronavirus, he has purposes for it. Mm-hmm. God does nothing and permits nothing without wise purposes. Nothing just happens. Everything flows from the eternal counsels of God, according to Ephesians 1.11. All of it is wisdom. All of it is purposeful. And now this is the, the, the key. I want to, that's in answer to your question. He says, for those who trust Jesus Christ, all of it is kindness. And that's a deep statement right there. Yeah. For those who trust Jesus Christ, all of it is kindness. For others, it is a merciful wake-up call. Jesus says, let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. And so the Bible says in Romans 8 that God 
works everything together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. God's working everything out. So all of our sufferings, whether that's the loss of a job or going through cancer or getting this virus or whatever it is, God uses everything to form us more and more into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, which is the very best thing that he could ever do for any person. And so while it feels like very painful thing and there, there are painful things that we will suffer through, it is all for our ultimate good if we are in Christ. And if we're not in Christ, all pain that we go through is a merciful wake-up call to turn us to Christ, to help us to see, like it says, let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who desires take the water of life without price. We just don't realize we're thirsty oftentimes until we go through something hard. And I think many people right now and in the days and weeks ahead are going to actually come to realize for the first time, oh my goodness, I'm thirsty. I'm not actually satisfied and I need something more. Um, I need what, I need what, God has to offer me and they're going to turn to God. And that is the, that is the mercy that will come out of all of our sufferings. Well, you know, Ben, we just, uh, we just hit on this in our, our sermon series in James, when we talked about, we had the sermon on suffering and in, in James four, I'm sorry, James five, uh, he talks about Job, um, Job five eleven, And he says, behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. And Job went through the ringer, right? And then after that, it says, and you've seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. <laughs> like when I think of Job, you know, you don't necessarily think that, but it's because we have to like shift our minds and understand that there's a much bigger picture going on here. And when we look at the big picture for what it is, it's like, oh man, the Lord had so much compassion and mercy on me in that time. Thank you. You know, somehow, it, but, but in it, it's so hard to see and feel. Hmm. It, it's yeah. one important piece. I'm not going to talk long here, Aaron. I want to hear your thoughts, but one important piece here is the, the perspective of eternity. We, we see such a very, very short amount of time with our lives. Mm-hmm. And in, in light of eternity, our lives and our sufferings are a blip. And so if God uses a blip of suffering, of pain, in order to turn us good, to give us good, to pour out good on us for eternity, oh, that's so merciful and so good of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a, and a blip is basically the equivalent of our whole life, if you mm-hmm. compare it to eternity, right? It could be our whole life. It could be a month, it could be a year, it could be several years. I mean, you see the story, you see the stories of the men and women in the Bible who waited on God for uh, such a long time that in our minds, and but yet, and they may have may, may have waited years and then they hear from God once, like really clearly um, about a mission or about something specific. And so, you know, I think often we're just so impatient because our sense of time is so fast here, especially in the West, in our society, we expect God to answer very quickly. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we think, hey, I, I spend a day praying, God, or I spend an hour. I spend an hour every day for a week praying, God. Why well, haven't heard from you? Why hasn't this ended? Um, and we don't realize like his time frame is just completely different than ours. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think um, I, I wrote down the sentence that um, from that question you asked, Michael, um, that temporal things are great to exchange for the ultimate and eternal goal to be presented blameless and holy. And, you know, I, I think of um, all these things that we could lose right now, right? Like, yeah, these are real things we lose, like uh, our entire savings, for example, if you're investing in the stock market, things like that. Um, and I, I think that um, it's like, what is God's ultimate purpose in my life, right? His ultimate purpose in my life is not to accrue my, my earthly wealth, right? Like, you know, if he does that, if he gives me a little bit of earthly wealth, that's great. I have something to share with others. Mm. But ultimately, his purpose is not that. His purpose is to present us as holy and blameless before his father and to present us as faithful stewards of what he's given us. Yeah. And so if we go through trials and tribulations on this earth and we go through, you know, getting losing a lot of things, temporal things, in the grand scheme of things, these are, um, God can actually use that, right? Taking away our temporal things um, to help get us toward that goal he has for us, that eternal goal. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Any other thoughts, guys? Yeah, I I just want to maybe unpack just a little bit on maybe, okay, what does this mean for me? Um, mm-hmm. What does this mean for me day in day out now? Like with this, with these, everything we've talked about here, um, as one following Christ now, repenting daily. What like, what does that look like? I, I'd love for us to just unpack that a little bit for everyone listening. Yeah. That we, yeah. What what are some thoughts um, in relate? Maybe in relation to. That idea of covenant <clears throat> that is really strong yeah. in throughout Hosea, the idea of um, the knowledge of God. You know, what what are some thoughts there? Well, I, I it actually relates to this question uh, somebody asked here on, on the feed. Uh, so, if I'm correct in the service, you spoke about God can bring us trouble if we continue in sin or live in a sinful lifestyle as His children, um, or wake us up in some way. Could you explain this further? And have you seen this happen? How can this happen? Why why would God do this? Well. The scriptures do talk about God disciplining us and um, and how a father or a mother or a, or a parent disciplines their children out of love, right? If they didn't love their children, they wouldn't do anything. They would just let their child run amok and, and deal with the consequences. Well, God disciplines us so that he can uh, turn us back towards him, turn us back towards the path that he wants us on so that it doesn't lead to the road of destruction, but it leads to the road of holiness and a road of right relationship with him. And so discipline is a part of that. But as you, you say, coach, um, part of that discipline or recognizing that discipline's happening in our lives is, is repentance. And repentance is an acknowledgement that, one, the work on the cross, first of all, is finished. It covers both past, present, and future sins. Um, it's, a, it's a recognition of that, that it's, a, it's an eternal um sacrifice that was that that covers me eternally and then two it's it's in recognition saying god i'm not perfect even though you did that work and even though you've saved me you've restored me you've given me your spirit i'm not perfect and um 
And so I still need you. Repentance means I still need you and I'm broken. And uh, the effects of, of sin, the effects of death that humanity brought into this world still plague me. And still, I still have the vulnerability to it. So I think daily repentance is a part of just admitting to God, mm. God, I, I messed up today. I messed up yesterday. I didn't live the way you made me to live. I didn't, I didn't um, live in the way that represents who you are. But thank goodness you're not asking me to live perfectly because mm. your son Jesus did that already. And I can look towards the cross. I can look towards him on the cross to help me every day. So that's mm. some of the kind of thoughts I'm thinking. How about you? about you guys um i i keep thinking about what he says what hosea says in chapter six he says come let us return to the lord for he has torn us that he may heal us he has struck us down and he will bind us up and then verse three let us know let us press on to know the lord mm. Yeah, I just keep thinking about, man, I, I wonder if part of what God is doing in, in all of this, he's quarantined the world <laughs> into <Literally>. the home. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's amazing. Like you, you think about the, the possibilities. I believe he wants us to return to the word of God. I believe he wants us to press on to know him like we've never known him before i believe he wants his people to pass on a knowledge of god to our children i believe he wants to see us faithful in our homes i mean what else might he be saying to us but be faithful in your home get your household in order this morning i was reading in joshua where joshua says as for me and my house we will serve the lord He's like, I'm going to lead. I don't know what you guys are going to choose, but I can at least say this. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, I, we're, I'm going to lead my house to serve the one true God, Joshua says. And I think that may be part of what God is doing is he's put a bunch of us are spending a lot more time with our kids than, than we ever have before. And, you know, I think it's a faithfulness to go back to the word of God where we can actually know him and, and learn more about him and then bring our families along with us in that process and just say, we're, as for me and my house, we're going to, we're going to choose God. You know, we're going to know him more than ever. Yeah. I think, um, <clears throat> I think uh, just as far as like, you know, things that we can do on a daily basis, um, I mean, I, I think part of it is you kind of have to start with a mindset shift. And I like uh, Luke. He shared a, he commented a passage that's really good. I'm not going to read the whole, I'm not going to read it, but it's First uh, Peter 4, 12 through 19. And um, I'll just read the first verse though. But it says, uh, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. And then, and then it goes on later to say that the judgment begins with the household of God. And, um, and so like, we're not actually, so part of it is a mindset shift of like, don't be surprised, right? Yeah. When, when there is something that happens, right? What, some kind of suffering, 
Um, this is actually, you shouldn't be surprised, right? In, in the, if you know who God is at his word, this is actually a part of what he uses. He uses suffering in our life to do all kinds of things, to humble us. Um, I mean, part of that humbling is to present us holy and blameless later. But, um, and so we should embrace God's plan for suffering in our life, right? And, and, and that's a big mindset shift that we have to make. But, um, and you know, one passage that's, that's really struck me recently is second peter three um and it's basically uh where he's talking about is this second Peter three? i think it is unless i'm thinking of the wrong passage yeah yeah so he's, he's talking about um basically eight through 13 about i won't read it but it basically like everything is going when when christ returns in that day everything is going to melt away uh, basically eight through 13 about I want to read basically like you hear that? Yeah, the big echo coming. Anyway, um, so I was like, I'm like, uh, I got freaked out there. Anyway, um, so, um, but yeah, so it, like everything's gonna melt away. All these temporal things, this this world, the heavenly bodies, they're gonna be burned up when Christ returns. And so, so then he he asked this question. So, what kind of people? What sort of people are you to be? in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolve, and heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish, and that peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's like, okay, so actually diligence is the next thing, you know, besides a mindset shift of, of hey, this is normal. Well, okay, it's not, not only normal, but this is actually like, uh, realize that these temporal things, they're going to burn away anyway, right? That those that savings that we talked about earlier that, that people are losing right now in the stock market, it's going to burn away anyway, <laughs> you know? So like, it's, it's going to be lost either today or some other day. Um, and so, so what are... So let's just, you know, not worry about those temporal things as much, right? Um, and be found diligent, waiting mm -hmm. diligence for the return of the Lord um, so that we can be found by him without spot or blemish. So what, what can we do to be diligent stewards, diligent servants, as we wait for him to come back? I think that's, that's the next question that we have to ask that then can inform us on what am I going to do every day? And every person kind of needs to ask themselves that, that question. Right, like we can't say something here, like, "Oh, here's what you should do every day." That's gonna look like, right? You you got to ask yourself that question: What does it look like for me to be diligent, so that I can be found by the Lord, holy and blameless? What do I need to change? What do I need to repent of? What do I need to start doing that I'm not doing? Mukul, mm. <clears throat> you guys see any other questions? I don't see any other questions. Um... Oh, did you did you see Jamal's question? we ask that yeah yeah we asked that oh. question yep um so what uh it, when you when you think about you know this i think we're entering week three for most people maybe week four but most people week three of of real you know lockdown quarantine stay at home sheltering what's kind of one last kind of walk away advice on how what can people do this week that they didn't do the past two. Mm. What's something unique to do this week? Um, 
that would be, you know, for them and their fan. For me, for example, me, like we, uh, coach had sent over a uh, marriage, marriage conference that was happening online. Uh, and so Shannon and I started watching that last night. Oh, cool. Kind of, you know, started that last night. So that was pretty cool. And just kind of thinking advantage of this time that we're together so much and to not waste it, you know? So we were thinking, let's try to cultivate so our relationship. Let's talk about our relationship, you know, since we have all this time, let's not waste it. So any other, any other thoughts uh, before we let people go on kind of uh, what's one thing they can do this week that's different than the past two? Man, I mean, not to, not to beat a dead horse, but um, be, be in the word, be, be constant in the word. And I just would, would say with that, be careful not to get lured into digital distraction. I think in this season, we are, we're always tempted to be lured into digital distraction to the point that it takes us away from the Lord. But I think right now, while we're quarantined in our houses, the temptation is so much stronger. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I would just encourage folks to, to be really careful and to set parameters. You know, the Bible says, make no provision for your flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so make, set some parameters. Make sure that you are careful not to be, you know, don't be on social media and reading the news more often than you normally would. Like just, just that, just that parameter and make sure that you're going to the word of God before you're checking the news in the mornings and maybe again in the afternoon going to the word of God. You know, I think that's my main, my main thought. That's great advice, Ben. The one thing, I mean, there's, there's a million things we could do, right? The one thing that came to my mind though was that would be different uh, from last week is pick a, and, and this is, along the same lines of what Ben was saying, um, pick a Bible verse that you can commit to memory. Maybe your whole family. That's good. That's you know, good. It could be something something really simple. Um, start in Ephesians if you want to. There's some beautiful things in there about our identity in Christ and what, uh, man, it's just so deep, rich. Um, go to Colossians, the preeminence of Christ, just the, his majesty on display in Colossians 1, 16. Um, but yeah, pick pick a verse and and start start just like saying it out loud as a family at the dinner table. If if you're doing exercise, just have it like going through your mind and and tracking with it with your with your spouse or if you don't have a spouse, maybe call a friend and, and say, hey, let's commit to memorizing these three verses this week. You know, just that's that's one way we can constantly have the word. Just it's like a, a waterfall, just continual waterfall over over our hearts. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, I think um, one thing that I've been talking about with people is uh, a lot of people are thinking, how can I uh, be a good steward of the gospel right now? How can I mm-hmm. uh, reach out to others with the gospel right now? You know, because it's it's a little different. And um, one thing that I've been I've been telling people to do, um, basically, because because a lot of people it's hard for them to um, to know how to share the gospel basically with someone mm. like the narrative of the gospel in like three minutes or less right and um so one thing i have been telling people to do is um to uh first of all like think about look look at a scripture that basically someone does that 
So look at Acts 17, for example, where Paul he shares the gospel with the Athenians, and he just gives the whole narrative to these people who have no background in the Bible, basically. So like study that and kind of get some principles, see like what are the, some of the things that he hits on. Anyways, and then from that, use that as inspiration to write basically like a 500 word or less gospel narrative that you can share with someone. And then you can use that and you can like think of a friend, think of a friend or two or three that you can uh, say, hey, I am, I'm thinking about how I can uh, share the message of my faith with someone uh, in a way that makes sense for people, even non-Christians. Can I share this thing with you that I, that I wrote? And then you could either call them and literally mm. read it to them, or you could email it to them and just ask them for their feedback, their comments, their thoughts, questions, and see if that leads to a discussion. And then you can start discussing the gospel with them. Um, and then, you know, from there you can like, you could say, hey, well, hey, if you're, if you're you know, if, you, if they're open to it, right, call them to faith, obviously, to belief in Christ and to repentance. Uh, but even you might even be able to start a Gospel of John study with them. So uh, that you can do over the phone or over video chat, right? So uh, that's that's one little thing that I think would be is like a helpful thing people could be doing. Very easy to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's great. That's great, Aaron. Well, thanks, guys. This has been a great conversation. Looking forward to uh, next week, and I hope everyone has a great week. And uh, if you're not part of an online huddle community group online Zoom, you can go to the um, to our website and uh, join or the the uh, church center app and join a group. Um, so f- feel free to join and, and engage in another way this week with uh, with us. Um, but talk to everybody soon. And if you have any questions with that, if you have any questions, email info at newkingchurch.com. Yeah, info at newkingchurch.com. Yeah. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs>